Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The man who came in from the cold, Doug Oster, <laughs> just moments away, and the Organic Gardener is on the air. Remember, we always like to begin by giving you an opportunity to win something like a $25 gift certificate to the fantastic folks out there off that Wexford exit at Sorgles. So if you're the 10th caller, you will be a winner at 412-922-1020. And now... Here he is, all warmed up, raring to go, Mr. Doug Oster. It took my truck halfway here to get warmed up. (laughs) And that's after letting it run. (laughs) It's a chilly day. Um, And then I had dreams all night about missing the show, about uh, having the wrong time on my phone and everything. And uh, and I'm running. It's 7.07. I got to get to the show. I'm running through some theme park somewhere. Crazy dreams. Uh, (laughs) But that's the way it goes. Got two great guests today. We're going to talk to Tim uh, Opelia about ticks and then Ben Dennigan from Phipps. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm still waking up. Uh, from About the Orchid and Tropical uh, Bonsai Show. And uh, that show is killer. I just, I really, really love the Orchid Show. So we'll talk all to him about it. If you wanted to talk gardening, this is the time to do it. Uh, you know, I've got my little diatribe here, but we will stop if you got a question or something here for the first segment. It's 866-391-1020. And I did something ridiculous, <laughs> but I just couldn't help myself. I ordered more daffodils, and I know you're thinking, like, the ground is frozen, Doug. What are you? I'm like, I've looked at the 10-day, going up in the 50s, and, uh, you know, I've, I've Ordered from this company before. It's called Easy to Grow. They're the ones that helped me out when I had a project with Andy Enrime uh, at the South Park Theater. I needed bulbs. It was like, you know, this time of the year. You know, we just got them in before the ground froze uh, for a project there. And they just they sent me an email, and it had this sale that I couldn't resist. And there was uh, varieties that I've been longing to grow and one is this little, it's called the double teta teta. And that's a, it's a French term. It's T-E-T-E, then space A, and then T-E-T-E. When I Googled that online to how to pronounce it, it was called teta teta. Uh, but that might be wrong. If, if you know that's wrong, let me know. Uh, and so they were just really cheap. And then Sir Winston Churchill, which I talk about all the time, that's the daffodil that smells like gardenias to me and they had this little double called rip van winkle that was it was 495 for 30 bulbs you know usually paying about a buck a bulb and so we'll see what happens you know last year 
I had all these daffodils that someone had sent me, boxes and boxes of them, just sitting in my office. I didn't even have them. They should have been outside having a cold treatment, and I didn't even think of that. And I just kept putting it off and putting it off. You know how I am. And I put them in like in February or maybe even early March. I think it was late February when things warmed up. And I was like, I don't even know if these are going to bloom. And they all bloomed really late, a weird, you know, like June daffodils. It was just, it was strange. Uh, And so I know I'll get these in, but there's just an excitement to, to doing this. I guess worst case scenario, if I couldn't get them in, I would have all these forced bulbs that I would, you know, pot up and stuff. But I know I'll get them in. And it's just, there's just an anticipation of planting bulbs. Then my friend Gary, Gary Ibsen from Tomato Fest, and I know I've been talking a lot about Tomato Fest. We've got some projects going on together. He just, out of the blue, sent me a bunch of tomato seeds. You know, they, like I said, they are scaling back. I've got a, a post at dougoster.com all about 126 varieties that they are uh, discontinuing. That doesn't mean they're going to be gone from everywhere. But there was a lot of weird ones in there that only Tomato Fest was growing. And so uh, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I'm changing my whole tomato planting system this year to include basically about 12 or 13 of those strange, unique heirlooms. But it was so wild because he sent me this packet of a ton of tomato seeds. And the first one on top was called Acres Plum. And I said, well, I'm going to start researching these tomatoes, look at the website, see what they are. And this was the uh, description in the catalog. A family heirloom tomato of Carl Aker of Pennsylvania. And I thought to myself, Carl Aker? I know Carl Aker. Carl used to call the show all the time. Carl passed away in 2021, or 2020. And Carl used to call the show. I went out to his house a couple times. I had no recollection of this Aker's plum. Uh, Here's more from the catalog. These tomato seeds produce a healthy, long-lasting, regular leaf tomato plant that yields abundant crops of 2.5 to 3.5 inch, 6 to 8 ounce, brilliant red, jumbo plum-shaped tomatoes. These tomatoes have thick, meaty walls with excellent taste, a fantastic multi-purpose tomato suitable for juice, cooking, salads. Several gardening friends consider this tomato variety one of their top choices to include in their tomato garden each year. So with a Pittsburgh uh, pedigree, and that I knew Carl, this is going to be added to my, you know, garden this year. But if you're an experienced tomato grower and you're interested in, in growing a couple of these seeds out and saving them and sending me the seeds back, this is another one of my crazy projects to try to perpetuate a variety you know, Carl Aker was a great guy, a great gardener, um, and like I said, he used to always call into the show, and Aker's Plum, it sounds like an interesting tomato. If you have any interest in helping me with that, just send me an email, and just go to dougoster.com, you click on the contact button and send it through there, and we'll send you a couple seeds, three, four seeds, and we'll see if we can keep this going. And I'm continuing my free weekly online classes every Thursday, 5 o'clock for Farm to Table, buy fresh, buy local. I like working for Farm to Table. Uh, They do lots of great stuff. They're just trying to connect little farms with people and good food. This week, we're going to talk all about catalogs, selecting seeds, and talk about my all-time favorite winning varieties for the garden. We have so much fun because it is 
interactive. We talk back and forth, and I get ideas from you. I talk uh, to you about my ideas. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Thursday, 5 o'clock, and you just everything's at the website. You just click on this little thing, and you, you register there. Now, this is the time of the year to first do an inventory of your seeds. Before you start ordering anything else, and boy, I got so many seeds. I again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a a cleanse this spring, and I'm gonna get rid of all my extra seeds. And so we'll probably give those away at the plant swap, which I don't know when the plant swap is this year, but we'll figure it out. Uh, so figure out what you have, and then for me, organizing them is really important. So the way I organize my seeds is when they're going to be planted. So I have early outdoor, late outdoor, indoors, early indoors. And so that way nothing gets missed. And it is fun to look through the seeds though and see what I've ordered over the year and years and never planted. Uh, it's crazy. Lots of lots of morning glories in there. Uh, but get things organized before you order. And next week we'll talk about all the different places that I love to order my seeds from. There's Again, you know, I like to go deep and crazy and weird. Uh, that's my thing, but that might not be your thing. Uh, last week, I talked a little bit about pruning. This is the time to prune things like oaks and elms. And, you know, for us, that means not getting off the ground. Um, you know, I put a posted a video at DougOster.com from a work I did uh, last year with Davey Tree all about pruning. If you have pruning questions and what to cut, how to cut, and you know what things not to prune, like some of those spring bloomers, uh, rhododendrons, azaleas, dogwoods, anything that has a bud on it, we don't want to prune right now. And oh man, the deer are killing me. They, you know, I'm spraying, but not enough. They're anything that they can reach as far as rhododendrons go, they're they're destroying, and not just the foliage. First, they start on the foliage, then the buds. Uh, I. You know, I've got to get out there today and do a little bit more spraying. And I did some indoor planting, and you should too. I love planting radishes indoors for the microgreens. I've talked in the last couple weeks about microgreens, but it is a fun, fun project. And you don't need anything special. And again, I have a whole explanation on how to do microgreens uh, at the website. But I love radishes, but you can do radish, arugula, Beans are great. Kale. Sunflowers make a, a great, you know, think of sunflower seeds. Spinach, alfalfa, mustard greens, mizuna, turnips, leeks, onions, peas, lettuce, parsley, Swiss chard, nasturtiums. That's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Fennel, dill, oregano, basil, even beets. You just get a regular packet of seeds. You get some planting mix. You get it moist. Put it on the windowsill. You don't need any special lights or anything like that, you just sprinkle those seeds on there, cover it with something clear and plastic, and they'll sprout up, and you harvest them just when they get about an inch or two tall. And some of these things, you can, they'll come up, you'll trim them off, and then they'll they'll go again, and maybe one more time. I usually have two going at the same time, where now I've planted those radishes. As soon as those sprout, I'll plant something else in another one of those uh, microgreen growers, and we'll keep them going back and forth. It's a fun project, not just for you, but also for kids and grandkids. All right, what's coming up after the break? We're going to talk all about uh, ticks. I had Lyme disease, and it is no fun. Luckily, they caught mine early, but 
Uh, I've talked to Tim Opelia a lot about ticks. And then after that, later on, we'll talk to Ben Dennegan from Phipps about the uh, orchid and tropical bonsai show. All coming up today with Doug Oster, DougOster.com. All right, back on the Organic Gardener with Doug Oster, waiting for our guest to get in line. And hopefully we'll have that guest very soon. And that guest is with us now, and it's time for you to do the introduction, Doug. All right, just by the skin of our teeth, Tim Opelia and I have talked ticks for a long time. Tim, what is your connection with uh, educating people about ticks? I've been doing this for the last morning, Doug. I've been doing this for the last 13 years. My daughter was first to be diagnosed with a uh, tick-borne condition here in the state of Pennsylvania 13 years ago uh, that's called Alpha-Gale syndrome. It is the uh, disease that you sometimes hear about in the news that makes people allergic to mammalian meats and mammalian byproducts that you can find in your soaps, toothpaste, in medicines and vaccines. It's pretty comprehensive, and it can lead to other uh, more serious disease. It is a life-threatening uh, disease because if you would consume uh, or be exposed to mammalian uh, byproduct products, it can send you into anaphylaxis. And I just had a gardening friend get that disease. How is she doing? How is how is she doing? She she is fantastic, doing fantastic. She started college. Uh, she had to stop uh, figure skating because we had to. She was actually a, when this occurred. She was actually a Pennsylvania state figure skating champion. So she had to give that up, but uh, has pursued pursued academics and is in uh, college currently and doing extremely well. Thank you very much for asking. So even this time of the year, do we have to worry about ticks or are we talking about the spring? Um, Yes and no. Fortunately, uh, in the last 10 days with the cold, the frigid cold weather without the snow, it was an opportunity for some of the ticks to be killed off. However, uh, what I always uh, suggest to people is to remove leaf litter. And also, if you have mulch beds, right before any type of freeze without snow, to uh, rake around the mulch beds. Because what happens is the ticks uh, look for warm places to go. And that includes under leaf litter to survive. includes mulch beds. So if you rake that, rake those uh, mulch beds out a little bit, uh, that provides less protection and it subjects them to the very, very cold. So Tim, the I snow will oh, act- go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, the snow will actually protect. Uh, snow blanket will actually protect the ticks and create an insulation between uh, the cold wind exposure and uh, the ground. So I posted a picture on Facebook to promote this appearance, and it's a really tight close-up shot of a tick burrowing into somebody's skin. And I think I broke the internet. People went yes. people uh, people went it, nuts it, over it, that. Uh, ticks and tick-borne issues are becoming uh, a national and international problem because of climate change. Um, so it's important. One of the um, top uh, top hobbies uh, that will uh, put you right in direct uh, uh, conflict or connection to ticks um, is gardening. Um, there's two types of ticks uh, that the two ways that ticks can um, uh, 
find a host. One is questing, which is hanging out on uh, uh, some grass or a leaf, and you walk by, or an animal walks by and brushes it, and then the tick uh, pops over to it. The second is uh, the tick eye study, which is called the Lone Star Tick, uh, is an actual active pursuer of hosts. And if you're in the garden uh, and you're breathing, uh, expelling CO2, which is a trigger for ticks to find their host, um, a Lone Star tick can basically travel the length of a telephone pole within about five minutes Wow! in pursuit of a host. So when you're down gardening, lower to the ground, you're expelling that CO2, which would make you a prime candidate. Before uh, for be, potentially becoming a host. Before we get into how to protect ourselves, I had a question uh, on, on that Facebook post. Is there anything we can like put on the lawn or put out there to dissuade ticks? Um, there's actually something new uh, that was just discovered and uh, has been written about uh, called balsam fir pine oil. Mm-hmm. It was discovered by a Canadian scientist. Uh, what's unique about this this uh, product, and you'll be hearing about this product in the next two to three years as it's more fully developed is you can actually put this product out, which is a natural product um, in the winter time. Uh, And in and around leaf litter, in and around mulch beds, it will not have any issues with killing other insects or bothering you, bothering your pets, which is key. However, it's only effective below 38 degrees. Um, but mm. again, it is a period of time where you're not typically out in your garden. Um, and um, also, balsam fir pine is not natural to our uh, our, uh, our tree trees here, our native trees here in Pennsylvania. I believe there's about 134, 135 natural trees and about 62, um, 62 two tree species that were introduced to Pennsylvania. Most of them are hardwoods. Most of them produce trees, or excuse me, nuts um, that provide the food for the key tick hosts, such as your chipmunks, your squirrels, your rabbits, uh, your turkeys, um, and groundhogs. Um, So that, by having a surplus of those those um, those foods, you're going to have a, a growth in populations of those key tick hosts. All right, Tim, we didn't get to everything here, but Tim, hang on there, please. Hang on the line. And when we come back, we'll, we'll do another just quick minute. I want to talk a little bit about how we protect ourselves from ticks, and then we'll get to our next guest, Ben Dunnigan from Phipps. All right, back with more of Doug Oster, DougOster.com, the organic gardener on KDK in a couple of moments. All right, make it the 10th caller, and if you are that 10th caller at 412-922-1020 as we return to the Organic Gardener, you're going to win a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's, and I'm going to be telling you here momentarily about something exciting for Valentine's Day that you're not going to want to miss at the farm. But we're going to talk to uh, Tim just a little bit longer right now. Right. Uh, ben Dunnigan's in the wings. We'll get to you in a second, Ben. We want to finish up with Tim Opelia talking about ticks Tim, what's the best way we can as gardeners protect ourselves from ticks? 
best way is to uh, utilize a product called Parerethrin, which you can find in most sporting goods stores in the camping goods sections or in your big box stores, again, in your uh, sporting goods sections. Pre-treat, or you can actually buy clothing that's pre-treated with Parerethrin. Make sure you uh, spray your uh, shoe wear, your clothes toe shoe wear, I should add, and also wear long sleeves. Uh, men never wear boxer shorts, wear something tight underneath uh, your clothing, and also tape any openings, which would include around your pant leg and around your waist that will help protect you. Also in your garden, uh, uh, remove any type of bird feeders. They're basically tick airports. Uh, the birds, migrating birds, will fly in new tick species, and your, the animals that are attracted to those bird feeders will um, um, then pick up those ticks and carry them into your home, including your pets. Um, there are a couple plants, too, uh, that you may want, your gardeners may want to consider adding to the garden, which would include American Beauties, uh, Rose Geraniums, Chrysanthemums, excuse me, I can never say those, that, that word correctly. <laughs> that actually contains the key ingredient in pararethrin. Petunias have our natural pesticide. Uh, for pet owners, uh, you may want to consider putting in uh, flea band daisies uh, around areas between any uh, wooded areas in your property. And also, your favorite, Doug, this spring, make sure you plant some garlic along <laughs> the perimeter of your <laughs> the perimeter of uh, your garden. You can also add uh, um, lemongrass, mint, and rosemary to your garden. That will help reduce the amount of ticks you should experience in and around your garden. And then also do what Walt does down in Disney uh, throughout the spring, summer, and fall in your garden. Consider spraying uh, your plants with a mixture of water and garlic. Uh, that will also hold your tick and flea, um, flea populations down in and around your garden. And never uh, plant a garden within 100 feet of any um, wooded area mm -hmm. that may surround your property. Are there any resources out there uh, with information about ticks and tick-borne diseases? Uh, there are. The state has some. Uh, the CDC also has some available. Um, if uh, the biggest thing I can say to you, to your listeners who are gardeners, is if you are bitten by a tick, save that tick. There is a resource here in the state of Pennsylvania that's provided by U, um, East Strasburg University called the Tick Lab, Research Lab. You can send your ticks there. All right, Tim. Thanks very much for getting up early, telling us all about ticks. Appreciate your time this morning, and I'm sure we will talk soon again. Thank you, Tim. Tell you what, why don't we talk to uh, Bruce in Bellevue, and we'll get Ben on here in just a little bit, getting close to that break. So let's take a couple of calls here for Doug. And Bruce in Bellevue wants to talk about bulbs. Hi, Bruce. You're on KDKA. Good morning, guys. Hey, Doug. I uh, heard you talking about the 30-bulb deal that you got for such a good price. I was wondering if you could let us know where you picked those up. So it was like a one-day Internet uh, sale, but if you just uh, get part, uh, I'm sorry, but get uh, on the mailing list, it's called Easy to Grow, and it's a bulb company uh, that, again, I've, I've ordered be from before, and maybe that maybe it would be on there, 
look it up and take a look. Maybe they still have, I'm sure they have a bunch of bulbs they want to get rid of. So get on that internet mailing list. And they send me something every few days. And like I said, I can't resist being the cheapskate that I am. And I yeah, think for the price, it's uh, great. Yeah. And I think you, you know, like I said, last year I did this, I was able to uh, plant later and everything worked out fine. So as soon as that soil softens up a little bit, and I use that ball bogger, that power planter ball bogger, you know, it's work, but it's not as bad as you would think. Okay, and uh, I wanted to see, I wanted to force them also, uh, the bulbs that I do end up getting. What type of medium would you recommend, and can you do them in an office that has no regular windows with a grow light? So actually for forcing, here's how you do it. You get just a regular planting mix. You get it barely moist. And then the nice way to do it is is kind of stack those bulbs in there where you've got the tulips on the bottom, then the daffodils, then the crocus, then the snowdrops. And you put that into like a garage or something, no lights, no anything for the winter. And then in the spring, you bring it out and it could actually be out, you know, on the table or it could be out on the sun porch. It could be out on on your porch because once those bulbs have got their cold treatment and they come out of that cold treatment we get into spring there's no worries about frost or anything like that so uh, you want to get that going pretty soon though because they need that cold period you know a long cold period but i think you still have time to do it okay all right bruce let's uh, talk to bob in baldwin he's got a question about ticks for doug oster doug oster.com on the organic gardener on kdka good morning bob Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Doug. Hey, this is the Onion King calling from Baldwin. All right. I had a tick tick question, but uh, I missed a portion of the show. I got the the nightmare and the tomato seeds and a little bit of the bulbs, but I missed your your guest. I was a quick question. I was wondering, you know, when your little furry friends come in the house and they might drop a little jelly bean. And I'm wondering, or, or, you know, what do you do with those? I mean, you, you get rid of them, but are they actually an egg case for ticks? To tell you the truth, I don't know. Um, that's a great question. I will ask Tim when we uh, get back online, and we'll talk about it next week. I'm not sure what that is. You know, because uh, every once in a while, I'll, you check the dogs and stuff like that, and then, Every once in a while, you'll miss something, and then, boom, there's like a little tiny jelly belly jelly bean that uh, looks like a, a, a part of a tick. But, but anyway, hey, Doug, you know, I, I, I deal with a company called um, Tulips Unlimited, mm-hmm. and they continually send me ads to buy bulbs. And I, I've thought about buying more bulbs to, to try to get back in or even try to force some, but... Um, that's, that's a great idea to keep pushing the uh, issue there <clears throat> to get our spring bulbs to go. But, uh, hey, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, enjoy your show, man. Love love you too, Rob. How, how was your onion harvest this year? Not very good, Rob. Oh, what I, happened? I I think the, the lack of rain, you know, mm-hmm. although I could give them, or, you know, water from the hose and, and, and watering, I have a, a seeping uh, watering system, but it's still, for some reason, they did not respond. 
and uh, it was like the worst year I've had since the 80s. What are your favorite varieties to grow? Uh, candy. That is a good one. Yeah, and and there's an English variety, uh, Alyssa Craig. Yeah, both both pretty famous varieties. Yeah, they they get they get really huge, but uh, the thing is, the Alyssa Craigs are not good keepers. Okay. Yeah, I I just started to to finish. I I grew these uh, red onions called candy. They got pretty nice. They're a little bigger than baseball, but uh, they, they I'm just finishing up those. So, Jeez, really? What? When did you harvest them? Oh, probably like August. Wow. I take them out and put in uh, broccoli and uh, red cabbage and, and lettuce, stuff like that. When you start your onions, what are you using seeds, uh, sets, or plants? How are you? How are you doing it? Well, I I send to a place in Texas, Dixondale Farm, and they send plants. They send you a big handful of plants, maybe 75 to almost 100 plants. And I end up giving a half away. Hmm. And then what's what, what do you do for in the soil? I use uh, mushroom manure and compost. And I use, it's a secret, uh, bone meal. It's not a secret anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because I heard that, you know, when you plant tulips, they like uh, bone meal. I mm-hmm. figure, well, onions are bulbs. You might as well give them some bone meal. How, ma- how many how, how many plants would you say you put in? I'd probably put in 120 this year. Wow. And lasted all the way th- lasted all the way till now. Man, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, I'm just finishing them up. I made some hot sausage and I diced up those onions and oh. Oh, that sounds great. Hey, thanks so much for your call. It was great to talk to you. All right, back to wrap up this week's edition of the Organic Garden in just a couple of moments. Next hour, it's chili and stews and soup, comfort food on the Coons Cooking Hour with Frank Dantisi on KDKA. All right, back with Doug. A couple more minutes left in the program. You know, to go back to what Tim was talking about in the way of ticks, for people who understand the whole process, that's one thing. But if you're just the average person, you don't really know that much about ticks. How do you even know if you've actually even been bitten by a tick? Well, that's a great question. That's what I was going to talk about is don't ignore a tick bite like I did. <laughs> you know, it's it's this circular rash, and it's nasty looking. Uh, when I first got it, I just kept thinking, well, maybe it was a spider bite or something because I, I didn't find a tick. I didn't uh, feel any any pain. And so I was just waiting for it to get better, but it didn't. It got worse and worse. And luckily, I went to the uh, urgent care, and as soon as the doctor saw it, he's like, I, I don't even need to do blood work. I can tell you right now, we're, we're just going to put you on a, a course of antibiotics, and then we'll do blood work, and then we'll see what comes back. And it came back as Lyme disease. And even when I caught it early, I still had some of that brain fog that that comes with Lyme disease. And I've had, you know, when I posted on Facebook uh, Friday promoting today's show, I had a lot of people tell me that they got it bad, you know, where it was two years of just hell. And, And so if you suspect that you have a tick bite, be sure that you go to the doctor and have them look at it, get some blood work done. And uh, if you catch it early, it's it's not as big of a deal. Uh, you know, and ticks have gotten so bad. Uh, you know, 
we're always pulling them off the dogs, you know. When I was up doing a story years ago on chestnut trees, American chestnut trees being bred and everything, it was it was below zero, wind chills like two below, three below, and we were up on Chestnut Ridge, and the woman I was there, the arborist I was with, she had a tick crawling on her, you know, under those circumstances. So just watch it. Be careful. Uh, one more thing, too, that Tim didn't mention that uh, I've been told is that barberry is a tick magnet, uh, and we don't want to grow barberries anyway. They're invasive, and so get rid of your barberries. So before we uh, finish up here, uh, let's talk a little bit about house plants. And uh, just, you know, house plants do so much for you. They're cleaning the air, they're providing oxygen. There's some great data from NASA about that air cleaning. You know, they're taking all sorts of bad things out of the air, especially if you've got a newer house. Uh, but you got to keep them doing their thing. And one thing is to keep those leaves clean. Uh, and so that might mean actually just, you know, taking a paper towel and wiping them off, or it might mean taking a bunch of them, throwing them in the shower and running the shower on them, you know, get them real dry. And then they love it. They love that humidity. They love flushing out or anything that might be in there. We are not fertilizing house plants yet. There, there's not enough light to, to use that fertilizer for the plant. And so we're just, we're waiting until we get to, you know, end of February into March when we have longer days. And you know, African violets have kind of gone out of favor, and they are some of the most beautiful blooms that you'll have on the the windowsill, and they're easy to find. Now, there's all sorts of different, uh, you know, variegations and shapes to the flowers and such. Uh, get a few African violets, and there's another plant. It's called Streptocarpus. It also has really pretty blooms. Sometimes you'll see it in a, you know, Shade plant, uh, you know, that you put on like in a hanging basket, but it's also a great uh, house plant. Chinese evergreen has this red and green variegation. A couple different philodendrons out there. One I really love that I actually discovered at Phipps was called Prince of Orange. Uh, it's it's just has this kind of like orangish reddish foliage, just absolutely beautiful. And then you, Sansevieria is one of the gene is the genus for like uh mother-in-law's tongue snake plant but there's other ones and there's one that's really cool it's called sansevieria hanii h a h n i i and han the local nursery well the guy who started han sylvan han he found a bunch of really cool looking sansevieria little ones golden ones uh and there's a couple of them that he patented and I always love seeing them out at like a public garden or something. And I can tell people that, oh, that's from Pittsburgh. Another thing to do real quick before we're done here, forcing branches. Oh, one of my favorite things to do. Go out into where your shrubs are. And forsythia is the number one thing we do this with. And it's so easy. And again, uh, I've got a video at dougoster.com that shows you how to do it. Uh, you just go out, you snip some branches off. Then you kind of cut the ends vertically so they can absorb a lot of water. Stick them in a vase. When it's like up into the 50s, you can put that vase out in the sun porch, but otherwise bring it inside. And in a week, you'll just be filled with these beautiful yellow flowers and it's just a kind of a, uh, a wonderful spring thing. And then after that, you've got 
forsythia, you've got cherries, you've got dogwoods, but we always kind of cut those, you know, like a month before they bloom. And so um, it's just a, a wonderful project uh, and and wonderful to have flowers blooming inside. Now, my free online classes every Thursday, 5 p.m., uh, would love to see you part of that. It's an interactive class uh, through Farm to Table by Fresh by Local. And this week we're going to talk all about seed catalogs, choosing plants, some of my absolute favorites. And I am taking people to the National Parks of America. We're running out of time on that trip. We're starting to fill up. Uh, all the information about the, the trip is at dougoster.com. We're going to have so much fun. Uh, I've never seen those places out west, and uh, it's just going to be just a great trip for all of us. You know, we're talking about Yosemite and Grand Canyon and all these cool places, Old Faithful. And I really want to see Mount Rushmore. Uh, like I've always been saying these like couple we- last couple of weeks, people have been begging me to do a trip in the uh, States and during the summer so that teachers and kids can come along. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. What are you doing today? Watching football. Grandkids tomorrow. Grandkids staying over tomorrow. Can't wait for that. And uh, looking forward to the warm-up, and then I'll be planting bulbs again. (laughs) Easy to Grow was the name of the company I got them from. How much do you miss fishing right now? Oh, it's painful. I'm watching fishing videos every day uh, from the South. It's painful you know i'm hoping that uh when things melt here a little bit i'll be able to get out for some trout we'll see all right there he goes doug oster dougoster.com coming up after the news at eight it's the coons cooking hour on kdka we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 